Before we get started, I wanted to let you know some really exciting news. My new book, The 1 Through 1 Method, which I've been working on for three years, is now available for pre-order. You can find it at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon.com. And of course, you can go into your local mom and pop bookstore and ask them to order it for you. When you do place your pre-order for the book, I want to reward you and help you get started immediately with your mindset. All you do is go to 131book, write that down, 131book.com. You'll enter your email address and your order number. And immediately, like that minute, I will send you this free mindset coaching program that I've created as a bonus, as my thank you to you for pre-ordering the book, for supporting me, for being with me along this very, very important, very personal journey. I am so committed to helping you get healthy from the inside out, improving your gut health, and creating a customized approach that works without the fads, without the gimmicks, something that you can do for the rest of your life and change the legacy of health in your family. But you know what? It starts with mindset. So please take advantage of this free bonus. It's a $97 value and it's yours by going to 131book.com for more details. All right, enjoy the show, but don't forget 131book.com. Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shalene Show. Today, we're talking about perimenopause and menopause. Now, before you decide that this podcast is not for you, I want you to understand this. Today's episode is for anyone who is a female or knows a female. How about that? Because these things are really, really important. And you're going to learn so much more about your partner, the people you love, the women in your life, and perhaps even about your own biology. Today on The Shalene Show. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. The journey that I started on to write the 131 method really began when I went to my general practitioner, my treating physician, and said, listen, I'm having these weird symptoms. Like, I knew something was going on with me. It felt like it was mainly my brain, but it was more than just my brain. Like, my body didn't feel quite right. I didn't feel like myself. I felt like I was more irritable. I felt like my personality was changing. Well, obviously, something was going on with my brain that felt like it was bigger than brain fog. Like when people describe brain fog, I'm like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm dealing with. What I'm dealing with is embarrassing. Like it's debilitating. Like I'm putting my keys in the microwave instead of my coffee. I'm forgetting names, but I'm forgetting names I should know, like names of my closest friends. Just as they're driving up, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Why am I forgetting her name? Weird. My personality was changing in that I was becoming really irritable if somebody was making noise in the room while I was trying to concentrate, I had to isolate myself to get anything done. I don't know. I was just like annoyed with the world because everything felt like was overstimulating me. Like my stress level was too high for things that shouldn't have made me feel stressed out. Like I felt like I just couldn't tolerate anyone or anything. And I didn't know if that meant that there was something going on with anxiety or depression or my brain or what was going on. I just did not feel like myself. So I go to my doctor and he says to me, well, I hate to break this to you, but um, 
This is called getting older. You're probably perimenopausal. And, you know, at that time I was 45 years old. Now, perimenopause is defined as that period of time where your hormones are in transition before a woman has her last menstrual cycle. This is estimated to be anywhere between 7 and 15 years before the end of your cycle. That means that some women can be in this perimenopausal state for more than a decade. So it was certainly possible that what I was experiencing were the symptoms of perimenopause. But luckily, I assumed it was something more than that, which is why I went to have a brain scan. Write this down because I get this question all the time. People will say, what kind of brain scan did you do? I did a SPECT, S-P-E-C-T, a SPECT scan from the Amen Clinics. And you can find that by going to Amen, A-M-E-N, AmenClinics.com. So I had the brain scan and that's where I really learned what was going on with my brain. It's very likely that I am in perimenopause now and I probably was then, but my symptoms were really more a result of what was going on with my food and my nutrition and my lifestyle. And this is a hypothesis based on the research that I've done in an effort to develop the one through one method. But I believe that many women stay in this perimenopausal transitional state for far longer than they need to. And it is far more problematic and disruptive because they're not taking action. They're not being proactive with their food, nutrition, and lifestyle choices. So in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how you can minimize the discomfort of perimenopause because now listen, I'm not in menopause yet. I'm still getting my period. I'm not trying to brag, but yes, I'm still getting my period. And there are days where I, or months, I should say, where I find it very annoying. But for the most part, I'm like, yes, okay, everything's pretty regular. And that's a good thing because there was a period of time where things were not. What I want you to know is that perimenopause can drag on and be far more symptomatic and uncomfortable than it needs to be, and that you actually can assert a great deal of control by changing your lifestyle and nutrition. Now, this is all outlined in my book, The 131 Method. For those of you who haven't yet ordered the book, I want to just break this down for you and help you understand what it is, what menopause is, and how much control you have. And fellas, if you're still listening, God bless you. This is going to help you to help your lady. Again, perimenopause for many women can start in her 30s. It's that period before a woman has her last menstrual cycle, and it's characterized by an imbalance of hormones. It can be characterized by intermittent symptoms, like symptoms that come on. Some months you notice them, some months you don't. It might be things like an irregular menstrual cycle, hair loss, a shift in your body fat. You notice that, gosh, this is weird. I'm collecting body fat around my midsection, my back, my flanks, as they call them. (laughs) That sounds so weird, doesn't it? Your flanks. Sorry, loss of libido, sleep disturbances, hot flashes, mood swings, hormonal acne, which is typically on your chest, shoulders, back, neck, sometimes along the hairline on your face, vaginal dryness, bladder leakage, an increase in cellulite, weight loss resistance. And I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, (laughs) 
you put these symptoms together with the physical attributes of aging. And I don't know about you, ladies, but (laughs) you're like, oh, wow. Okay, so what you're telling me is as I age, I'm going to experience not only sagging skin and loss of hair and a decline in my physical appearance, but I'm going to have all of these beautiful things going on at the same time, and I'm supposed to embrace it. I'm supposed to love it. I'm supposed to love myself. Are you kidding me? Listen, we're going to keep talking about perimenopause and menopause and what you can do about it, but I want you to mark your calendars. I want you to put a little notation in your phone right now that you're going to listen to Wednesday's episode. In Wednesday's episode, I'm going to specifically address how it is we feel about ourselves and what we can do about it. Like, what can you do about all of these things, right? What power, what control do you have? How can you change the narrative? What are we supposed to do when society and social media glorifies youth? And there's no escaping the fact, the beautiful fact that you're getting older. What can we do about that? That's going to be on Wednesday's episode, but let's keep talking about perimenopause. And the reason why I say that is because when we talk about all these symptoms, we often talk about the physical symptoms, like what's going on inside of us and and maybe some of the things that we notice on the outside. But really, when we get together, what we talk about is just feeling crappy. Because, I mean, think about all the things that I've just described. Does that sound fun? (laughs) No, it doesn't sound that fun. Okay. But keep listening, because in this episode, I'm going to share with you things that you can do to minimize these symptoms. You don't just have to roll over and accept them. I'm going to share with you some strategies. And what what you need to understand is still within your control, girlfriend. Hey, okay, this will only take a second. It's a true story. If you follow me on social media, you have watched this happen. So I I love living in my yoga tights. Of course, I try to make it look like an outfit, but let's face it, yoga tights are now not just for people who work out, right? They're super comfortable. They're way more comfortable than jeans, and you can run your errands in them, etc. So let's just say I have a lot of them. And it's kind of been my pet peeve because the price of workout wear is ridiculous, and they never seem to fit me right. So, you know, I'm spending like $110 on a pair of leggings. Are you kidding me? only to have them not fit me right and I have to like cut off the bottoms and then have them taken in. It just, it's it's ridiculous. So I've been seeing these ads for Fabletics. So I just put it out there. I went on my Instagram stories and I'm like, well, have you guys used or bought Fabletics before and what do you think? And the response was overwhelming, like, love them, love them, love them. You're going to die. They're so great. I was pretty impressed. So I immediately went on and ordered, okay, I'm not going to lie. I ordered 10 pairs. And I figured if I don't love them, because I've got this great return policy, I can return all of them. But I wanted to try all the different styles. I wanted to try the high-waisted pairs. I wanted to try the ones that looked like they had a shorter inseam. I wanted to try the ones with the little pocket on the thigh. I wanted to try them all. And because of their killer return policy, I knew I had nothing to lose. Amazing. You guys, I'm tripping. Two days later, I went through all of my other leggings, and I donated all of them. You definitely want to try Fabletics. Here's the deal. You, because you are a member of the Shaleen audience, get up to 50% off the regular price when you become a VIP. You definitely want to do that eventually. But if you just want to check them out, you can check out as a guest. I really appreciate Fabletics for becoming one of our sponsors. 
as you know, I'm not going to ever mention anything to you that I don't personally use or love for that matter. So you go to their website, fabletics.com forward slash Shalene, take a quick 60 second pop-up quiz. And that's important because it's going to help you narrow down your choices. Then here's the deal. You get two pairs of leggings. Are you sitting down for this? For $24. And when you get them, you're going to be blown away at how, I mean, the quality is insane. It's, I would dare say, better than some of the tights I've paid over $100 for. I have two favorites so far. It's the Solar and the ones, I'm not sure what they're called, but they have a little pocket on the side, on the hip. Holy cow, I I love those because when I'm working out, I don't have to carry my phone around. I just stick it in my little pocket. But out of all the pairs that I ordered, I liked every single one of them. I didn't even return one pair. And I got a couple of their tanks too. Um, And I can't remember the names of them right now, but I'll, I'll show you on social media. Anyways, this won't be the last time you'll hear about Fabletics. Go get yourself... Two pairs for $24 by going to fabletics.com forward slash Shaleen. All right, now back to the show. Now, menopause is described as a 12-month period without having a period. If you have a cycle and then you don't have a cycle for 12 months, that's considered to be in menopause. Now, if you go, let's say, 11 months and then you have your cycle, well, then you're still actually considered perimenopausal. So it's going 12 months without a cycle that's considered being in menopause. Okay, so I've shared with you the symptoms, the side effects, what you get to look forward to as you approach your perimenopause stage of your life or even menopause. But what's really going on and where do you actually have control? One of the things that I think is most concerning and what people really need to understand when it comes to perimenopause is that it's a combination of things. And by applying a multifaceted approach to taking control of this, you can actually diminish many of these symptoms and improve the way you look and feel. One of the major contributors to the way that you feel and many of these physical symptoms of perimenopause is the result of having muscle atrophy combined with lower energy. And the reason why this is happening is because as you begin to diminish the function of your ovaries, which are responsible for sex hormone production, well, what happens as we begin to produce fewer sex hormones, right? Because from nature's standpoint, we don't need to reproduce. So another hormone kind of takes over and that is your stress hormone. So the sex glands start to play a diminished role and your adrenal glands tend to play a more prominent role. And this happens slowly, the shift in prominence from sex glands to adrenal glands. Now, your adrenal glands are responsible for the production of your stress hormones, stress hormones like cortisol. There we go. You remember that. Cortisol is the hormone responsible for telling your brain to tell your body to hold on to and store body fat. Oh, thanks, adrenal glands. And your adrenal glands kick in and start producing cortisol when you're stressed and as you age. It's like a double freaking whammy. Thanks a lot. So as a result of that, plus 
the fact that your muscles tend to atrophy. What does atrophy mean? Well, atrophy basically means if you're not using it, you're losing it. If you're not using your muscles, you're losing muscle, which is why as I age, I'm spending less and less time doing cardio and more and more time doing strength training. So ladies, the same should be true for you. And this became glaringly obvious to me as I began to interview experts for my 131 method and realized that the long endurance cardio I was doing was creating an oxidative stress response in the body. So as we age, our bodies become more sensitive to stress. Have you noticed this? You become less tolerant of stress. I'm sure you've noticed that, right? And it's not you having less patience. Well, I guess it kind of is you being less patient, less tolerant of stress because your body's more aware of stress. This means that the workout you were doing when you were younger, when you used to be able to run for an hour and a half and you felt great and you could lose weight. Well, now you can run for an hour and a half and you're like, wait a second, why am I running longer? Why am I doing more cardio and I'm gaining body fat? Well, because your body is responding to that stress. Running, long endurance, steady state cardio, all exercise basically is a stress on your body. But what we've discovered is that there is an increased oxidative stress response, an increase in cortisol production for longer endurance cardio the older we get from about age 30 on which is why many experts agree that long, steady-state cardio is about the worst thing you can do if you're trying to minimize stress. How about that? Because as we age, we're like, oh, man, okay, I know what to do. I'll do what I was doing in my 20s. Yeah, back when you were wearing a scrunchie and crop tops and those big, thick socks and Reeboks with the straps. Yeah, back then, Mm mm-hmm or in the 90s, whenever you were in your 20s, God bless you, and you were doing massive amounts of cardio, and you're like, okay, so now I'm in my 40s, and I want that body back again, so I'm going to go back, and I'm going to do a ton of cardio, I'm going to just do tons and tons of cardio, and what happens? Your body says, oh, girlfriend, you're not 20 anymore, and your sex glands are no longer in charge, your stress glands are now running the show. Hmm, you know how we're going to respond? We're not going to respond by increasing your progesterone or estrogen. We're going to respond by increasing your cortisol, i.e. body fat. And here's the thing, fellas, for you too. After about age 30, men start to produce less testosterone and women begin to decrease the amount of production of estrogen and progesterone. Now, let's talk about men for a second. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like your body basically wants you to be pregnant and done having kids by age 30. I mean, that's how we were designed. Like, frankly, I'm not suggesting this, but, you know, biologically speaking, we were designed to have kids when we are kids, which is a scary thought. It is what it is. So by age 30, we're already beginning to produce less of our sex hormones, which is very interesting that this has become like a mass marketing technique for men. Like you hear the advertisements where they're like, men, if you're experiencing low T, also known as low testosterone, also known as all men over age 30, if you go into one of these clinics, they're going to go, you know what? You're really quite low on testosterone. Yeah. 
every man over 30 starts to have a diminished amount of testosterone. And then they, you know, get these guys in the wallet by telling them, you know, you could have greater sex drive and bigger muscles and you could pay us thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars each month in testosterone supplementation and testosterone shots. And of course, it was just a matter of time before those same clinics started targeting the wives and girlfriends of these men and saying, you know what, if you got testosterone shots, if you increased your human growth production, you would be leaner and stronger and more vital as well. Do Are these things necessary? In some cases, but in most cases, everyone is declining and that's pretty normal. But there are ways to naturally increase human growth production. There's ways to naturally balance out progesterone and estrogen and testosterone. Now, you're never going to have what you had when you were most fertile, when you were in your teens. You are going to naturally have a decline in the production of sex hormones. What we want to do is create kind of a natural, comfortable balance of that. And we can do that a couple of different ways. One of the easiest ways to do this, ladies, is by doing strength training. Strength training naturally increases human growth production, which is what you need to produce that young, youthful skin, to produce more collagen, to look and feel better. Another thing that produces increased amounts of testosterone and also human growth production, fasting. As detailed inside my new book, The 131 Method, I talk about all these things, the science behind it. I mean, if you really, really want to go deep, then you want to dig into my online program, The 131 Method, the online program. We really go deep into the science. But if you just want a nice overview, like, okay, yeah, just give me the facts, well, then you want to pick up the book. But those are natural ways to do it. And then additional ways to balance your hormones are by getting your insulin levels in check. You see, too many women are insulin resistant and weight loss resistant, largely attributed to the way that you're eating. While on the subject of the stress hormones and the way that you're eating and perimenopause and menopause, there's a common myth that's often passed around when people are talking about the appropriateness of fasting intermittent fasting, as well as the ketogenic diet as it pertains to women who are under a great amount of stress, who may be experiencing some degree of adrenal fatigue, and or whom are perimenopausal or menopausal. And I just want to clarify that oftentimes when those approaches, meaning intermittent fasting, fasting, or a ketogenic diet Phasing it, of course, because that's what I really believe is best for us is to kind of phase it, not to stay in a state of deep ketosis indefinitely. I don't think that's ideal for anyone's metabolism. However, if you're going to do those things and you'll often hear, especially integrative medical doctors or, or certain experts will say, you know, it is not advised for women who are perimenopausal in menopause and or under a great deal of stress or in adrenal failure. So I just want to help you understand this. The reason why that is true, but it needs a little asterisk by it, is this. Any type of radical change that you make to your diet or your lifestyle is a stress. So it's not what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. If you cold turkey, change your diet, change your lifestyle, that is a stress 
to the system. And when the body, when the system is stressed, it holds on to body fat as a means by which to protect you. It's survival. So it's not what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. I do suggest that women who are either perimenopausal or in menopause or very sensitive to stress, perhaps having some of the symptoms of adrenal fatigue or adrenal failure, what you may want to do is ease into these things, ease into them slower. That's why every single one of us needs our own individualized approach. Hashtag 131 method. That's the whole idea. There isn't one way to do things. There's the way that's right for you. And you have to know you. You have to know your body. You have to know how your metabolism works. And that's why I'm so happy that you listen to this show because you're becoming freaking brilliant. Pretty much you could put an MD after your name. Well, maybe that's pushing it, but you're really becoming quite informed on the subject. And when we know better, we do better. What else can you do to minimize the response of perimenopause? Which is kind of interesting because I say to minimize the symptoms of perimenopause, but really these steps that I'm about to share with you will help to minimize the symptoms of aging in general, male or female. They are to reduce inflammation, like reducing inflammation reduces overall stress. By reducing stress, you reduce inflammation. It's like this beautiful cycle. How do we reduce inflammation? By removing inflammatory foods by minimizing our exposure to toxins, by putting down our phones, by putting limits on the amount of stress that we're exposed to. I mean, legit, stress is killing us. In the 1960s in the US, of the developed countries in the world, we had the longest lifespan. Today, we are at the bottom of that list. Why? Technology, stress, I mean, every time your phone dings, every notification, every sound effect that you hear in the background, every time you hear a notification that there's incoming mail or some kind of a message, your brain has to do something with that. And studies have shown that the response in our brains when we hear one of those sounds is the equivalent of the fight or flight response that we would get primitive man might experience in his brain when he heard a lion in the distance. The brain has to do something with that sound, right? Like, so when you hear your phone going off in the background, your brain has to do something with it. Like, let's say you're in a conversation with a friend and you hear your phone, which is off resting on a table in the distance. You hear your phone go off. You can't stay present in that conversation, your brain has to do something with that information. You quickly run through a list of, okay, who might that have been? Is there some emergency that I'm waiting to hear from someone? Could that be one of my kids? Is that a coworker? Can I ignore that sound? Or do I need to respond to it urgently? And that's happening all day long. It's too much. And that stress response impacts the inflammatory response in our bodies. What else impacts our stress levels? Doing things that are unnatural, such as the overconsumption of carbohydrates. I sometimes really resent the term a low-carb diet because that implies that you're doing something that's unnatural when in fact, for most people, and I'm not talking about going deep into ketogenic eating, but I'm talking about a moderate to low-carb intake 
is actually what our bodies were designed to do. It's more natural. What's unnatural is what most Americans are doing, drinking sugary sodas and sugary teas and eating processed carbohydrates and chips and crackers and breads and sandwiches and cereals. All of these things, we were not designed to do that. It's toxic to our bodies. I know it tastes delicious. I know it's marketed to you as healthy. I know these things, but it's not natural. And our bodies are under attack from a tidal wave of unnatural foods, toxins, and stress that we place our bodies under in the name of health, of over-exercising, of under-eating, of not giving ourselves the proper care, nutrition, and rest that we need to thrive. By the way, the average age a woman enters into menopause is 51. Do you know what age your mother entered menopause? It'd be interesting to know. That's not to say that yours will be identical, but it's always interesting to know because there is a genetic component to this. So in summary, what you can do to minimize the effects of aging and the effects of perimenopause are as follows. Number one, stress management. I know you've heard it before and I know you're like, okay, that's great. What am I supposed to do with all the stress? Okay, I'm going to tell you. You've got to spend less time with your phone. You just need to stop pointing fingers and saying, I can't. Yes, you can. Set up some parameters. I don't check my social media ever. Well, most days. I rarely, how about that? I rarely check my social media before 11 a.m. I might post, but I don't check my social media. I don't scroll. It's stressful. When I exercise, I turn my phone on do not disturb. You've got to set hours each day where your phone isn't even in the room. Studies have shown just knowing that your phone is in the room keeps you in a heightened state of stress. You need more sleep. Sleep is going to help you replenish your brain. It's going to help you diminish inflammation. It's how you restore your body. It's how you take care of yourself. You need more sleep. You need to get rid of toxic people. You need to make decisions about what is stressing you out and who is stressing you out. And I think it's a biological response that you need to pay attention to the fact that you are becoming less tolerant of stressful situations. And realize, as Dr. Christy Northrup says, and she's kind of considered the godmother of hormone educators, as she says, you know, think of this state of perimenopause where you're in a state, a heightened state of awareness when it comes to stress. And I'm paraphrasing now. Think of that as coming into your true authentic self, where you're no longer willing to tolerate BS. (laughs) That's my term, not hers. But basically, she's saying, you know, it's a blessing. You're not willing to put up with BS anymore. So I think that's really powerful advice. It's going to help you live longer and you're going to have fewer negative symptoms. Next, less intense, long duration cardio and more heavy strength training. Heavy strength training is going to diminish signs of osteoporosis, weakening of the bones, and it's going to increase muscle Hypertrophy, which is the opposite of atrophy, meaning you're going to gain muscle. The more muscle you gain, the higher your energy, the higher and faster your metabolism, the better you feel and the better you look, the more collagen you're going to produce. 
the more human growth you're going to produce, the more stem cell regeneration you're going to produce. Do things that increase cellular health. Consider doing a glutathione supplement. Eating foods that are high in vitamin B, vitamin D. Consider doing a hormone test to see, are you deficient in estrogen or progesterone? Might you need to consider hormone supplementation, bioidentical hormone supplementation? By the way, in an upcoming episode, you will hear from a leading expert on the subject of bioidentical hormone replacement therapies. Work to reduce the amount of carbohydrates and sugar, especially added sugars that you're consuming. Yes, ladies, I know it's so tempting to treat yourself in the evenings to a glass of wine and maybe some carbohydrates. Consider a sugar-free, lower alcohol content wine, like dry farm wines. We did an episode on that. Check that out. I will link to it in the show notes, the link between alcohol consumption and, and what are some of your healthier options. There are healthier options that are loaded with polyphenols and resveratrol, which is why red wine is red. In fact, many of those same ingredients can be found in healthy, low-acid coffee. Yes, not all coffee and not all red wines are made the same. Learn about ingredients because some of the things that you love to treat yourself to are actually things that you should be consuming. The quality of these ingredients makes a huge difference. The more you learn about how to take care of your internal health, the better you're going to feel about your external appearance. And when it comes to regulating your mood, ladies, gentlemen, nothing is going to help you balance estrogen and progesterone and even testosterone levels quite as effectively as daily exercise. Now, again, I'm not talking about you doing a CrossFit wad necessarily or running for an hour. What I'm talking about is daily physical activity. 30 minutes or more, preferably high-intensity strength training, heavy strength training, ditching the refined sugars, increasing your strength training to improve your blood sugar levels, to improve your insulin response, because what this will do is help you to prevent those highs and lows that send your body and your brain into a spiral. And by the way, I know that oftentimes... These things can trigger anxiety and depression. And then we go to the doctor and what does the doctor say? The doctor never asks you what you're eating or how much you're exercising. They're like, oh, so you're experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety. Well, let's put you on these SSRIs. Let me just write your prescription for an antidepressant. Now, I'm not suggesting that you not take your meds and that certain people aren't going to have tremendous relief from having those medications. But I'm just saying, let's start with a food-first approach. Those medications are going to disturb your sleep. They're going to make you dependent upon them. And they're also going to thin your gut lining. And it's in your gut where we produce the hormones that you need, like serotonin, to help you regulate mood so you can see what a downward spiral it can be. You need good sleep. If you don't remember the last time you woke up feeling rested, I want to recommend a book for you. It's called Sleep Smarter by my friend, Sean Stevenson. It's an excellent book that's not going to shame you into thinking you need to get eight and a half hours of sleep each night. He's going to teach you very practical methods that will allow you to get better sleep. 
Consider taking a magnesium supplement to help you with better sleep. But without question, the number one thing you must do to minimize the symptoms of perimenopause, to minimize the damaging effects of aging, you've got to reduce your stress. Sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and make a list of all the things that are stressing you out right now, all the people, all the circumstances. And I know some of these things you simply cannot change, but there's so much more you can do within your control. And there are better ways to cope with the stress. Don't just accept it. Don't just suck it up. Learn how to manage it. Learn how to take care of you. You deserve to look and feel freaking amazing. And I am determined to help you do that. Again, set your calendar, put a reminder in your phone, because Wednesday's episode is a follow-up to this one, and it's a really important one. I want you to listen. All right, so I will talk to you then. Until then, don't forget I love you. I mean it. You are the bomb.com and all those other cool things. And thank you so much. And if no one's told you this today, you are amazing. You are beautiful. You've got a really cute butt. You have a beautiful smile. And you make people happy. You matter. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon.